Welcome to the Quit Vaping Podcast, the podcast designed to make you a non-listener. In this show, I'm not going to scare you away from a life of vaping. What I am going to do is show you just how good your life can be without it. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Quit Vaping Podcast. My name is Andrew Cipriano and I am a certified life coach that has a very long history with nicotine. So before I get started into my backstory today, I'm just going to tell you about my name and how it's kind of funny. So today I call myself the Quit Vaping Coach and I do that for really obvious marketing reasons. It's very clear what I do, but it's kind of an inside joke for me and my friends because for the last five to 10 years, I was known as the friend who was always quitting whatever form of nicotine I was on at the time. So I've always been known as the quit vaping something, and now I'm the quit vaping coach. Kind of a fun backstory. All right, so today you're going to hear my story of how I went from someone who grew up in a very nicotine-heavy environment to someone who was vaping pretty much every second of the day at age 25 and had been using nicotine for the last nine years to today I am 27 years old and I have no desire whatsoever for nicotine, and I genuinely never thought ever in a million years that I would get to this point where... Not only do I not feel like I'm sacrificing anything, but I can just be around it all the time and genuinely not have the desire or urge to do it at all whatsoever. So truly an amazing transformation that I never thought would be possible. And here we go with the story. So I am 27 years old. I grew up in an Italian-American family in Michigan. So I grew up with cigarettes being very, very normal. Um, I was a 90s kid. I was born in 1995. So back in the day, Smoking was pretty much allowed everywhere, as today it's really not. So there would be like smoking sections at restaurants. I remember there would be like literally a six-inch platform that would lead up to the smoking section, and the smoke would just be wafting in the restaurant like 10 feet away from the other guests. (laughs) Like It doesn't make any sense to me looking back to it how that's any better for the other guests or why there's a section and it's not like walled off or anything. Like literally the same dining room, six inches platform, same everything. Never understood that. Um, But yeah, every restaurant we went into, we had to go to the smoking section. Um, My parents would, I love my parents. They're great parents, by the way. So I hope if they hear this, it's not like anything bad, Um, but they did use nicotine. So I'm going to talk about it. They would smoke like on the way up to vacations and in the car. And like, there would always be smoke. And I remember literally we would go to like Michigan in the winter. We'd go on like a vacation or something and it's freezing, right? It's like 10 degrees outside and both windows would be down. Me and my brothers would just be in the back seat with our faces literally like frozen, trying to cover up smoke and cold air wafting into the back seat. Whenever we went to hotels, we would have to get a smoking room. And I don't even know if they have those anymore. I think I went with the last time I went to Vegas is in like 2013. And I think they were just starting to phase those out. So just smoking literally like anywhere that you can think of in the house. My dad smoked while he was cooking everywhere cigarettes. I was the kid who smelled like laundry detergent and cigarettes, and that's just my identity. That's how I grew up. So it's no surprise that right when I turned old enough to start um, kind of getting into like the rebellious stage of my teen years, I started smoking whatever I could get my hands on. Um, I smoked a lot of weed at the time. I smoked these things called Cheyenne cigars. If you guys have not seen them, uh, let me explain. So Cheyenne cigars, I smoked them when I was 16 because they were the most affordable things ever. They were like $1.80 a pack. I just looked them up today and they are $16.25 for a case of 10 packs. Wild cherry was my flavor and they were literally the worst tasting horrible little cigars ever. Sorry, Cheyenne, but you know what you are like you're cheap and affordable and nasty and nicotine buzz and ugh. but <laughs> I used to smoke those and I just remember like when I was 16, I'd be like around a bonfire smoking a freaking Cheyenne cigar after I smoked like a bowl or something. Uh, so yeah, that's where I kind of started was about that age 15, 16, um, getting into that. And then I went on probation. So when I was 18, I got pulled over for a DUI. Um, apparently I didn't know this at the time. I was 18. I was doing some stupid stuff. So I was driving with 
pretty much like, I guess I was intoxicated with weed. So I had been smoking weed and then I drove. So I got a DUI. So I wasn't able to smoke any kind of weed. So I literally just kind of steered the ship into the legal form that I was allowed to smoke, which was nicotine. At the time when I was 18, uh, this was 2013, and I was still allowed to smoke nicotine. It wasn't yet 21 and up for the nicotine age. So I got into hookah. I got into cigarettes. I got into more Cheyenne cigars. Um, Vapes were not a thing yet, ironically. They kind of were, but it was box mods, and they were just starting to come out, so we weren't really into those. I think the closest thing to a vape was called a blue cigarette, and you guys can look those up. I don't know how old you are, but my dad had one. We got them for Christmas for like three years. I ended up using that. (laughs) He didn't care to. So yeah, I started with Cheyenne cigars and then I moved to hookah when I was on probation. If you guys have ever heard of hookah or smoked hookah, literally it is like this wet, like you buy like a jar of it. It's like a metal jar. You open it up and it's like this wet gunky tobacco that's like coated in wet flavoring. Like it literally looks like a wet lung, ironically. And it's always flavored. So you put like this wet gunk in a bowl, you cover the bowl with tinfoil. So that's got to be healthy, right? And then you light the tent, like you put holes in the tinfoil and then you light it with a literal coal, like a flaming coal that's burning. Um, You put it on top and then you just like smoke this thing indoors. So there was like a two year phase where um, I got coal burns all over everything because the vape would always get knocked or the hookah would always get knocked over because there's like four of us ripping on this thing. It's got this big hose and someone would pull on it. So like all my mom's furniture, love her to death, has like hookah burns in it upstairs in my old bedroom. (laughs) And I remember like you would literally smoke that thing, you would light it and it would just go for like 90 minutes. So there would be like 90 minutes where you're just getting completely tobacco and nicotine out to the point where like almost throwing up. So that was a lovely phase. During that time, I was also doing manual labor. I started smoking cigarettes in the box trucks, like everyone smokes cigarettes. So that became a thing. Um, My three favorites were Camel Turkish Royals, Marble 27s, and Newport Menthols. By the way, back in the day when I was smoking those, they still had like the little menthol ball crushy thing. And I looked it up today to like look at the prices. And apparently in 2022 last year, they removed the ball because it was like enticing people to smoke when you could crush the menthol ball. It was like a, I don't know, made more people want it or something. So apparently they got rid of those. I'm not sure. And then after SIGs, we switched to, va- to the vape mods. So I think it was like 2013 to 14, I smoked SIGs and then I started to switch over to vapes. I don't know who's listening to this or like how old you guys are, but um, they had like vape mods where you would literally have like your own cotton, your own tank, your own mod with a battery and like you had to buy all that stuff, right? And then juice. And it was a huge mess. There was like a million different flavors of juice, all different nicotine levels. You literally had to like learn how to use um, the ohms versus the volts versus the watts to make sure that you weren't going to burn it. I always burned my cotton. I had friends that were like, one of them's an engineer. So he always helped me with like getting the ohm and everything set. And then he would just like, he'd be like, don't touch it, don't touch it. And I would always burn it. So like literally on probably 50 occasions, I smoked burning cotton. So that's probably great for my lungs. So yeah, those were like the mods. And then also there was a time in between the big box mods to the disposable vapes they have now where they were like rechargeable tanks. I don't know what the brand was, but literally, so it was this little thing you plugged in with like a little, I don't know, like a USB-C charger or some random lightning charger. I don't know what it is, but I remember I used to go to music festivals and I would take my vape juice. I would take the disposable. I would take an extra cartridge that was empty because you had to fill them at the time. So it was like still the refillable cartridges, but you had to buy new ones with new cotton. And I would take my mom's phone charger, portable phone charger, and I would literally be walking around a music festival um, with one hand had the phone charger, the other hand had the vape, and there was a cord in between them. I looked insane, and I was just ripping on the sink for like eight hours straight, you guys. So that was a phase. And then finally, I switched over to the disposable vapes. Um, and I used those for probably the last four to five years when I was uh, quitting. They kind of like idiot proofed the whole like 
how many watts you need, what flavors, like all the juice stuff, all idiot proof. You could just buy it in a nicely little sealed, delicious little flavor and uh, kind of just vape mindlessly with that. So my favorites were grape ice and strawberry ice cream. All right. And then when I tried to quit, this was like, I've tried quitting probably 50 times in my life, like truly no shortage of 50 times. I tried the nicotine gum and the lozenges. And what happened was because I wasn't actually dealing with the addiction, I was just kind of switching it over. I ended up using the gum and the lozenges at work and then just vaping outside of work. So when I use those things, I actually strengthened my addiction to nicotine, which I know is not the point. I get it, but that's what I did, right? Because I wasn't really getting to the root of the issue. So I, I tried so hard, like all I wanted to do was quit nicotine. And I mean, like I struggled, you guys, I struggled with myself on this. I hated myself just so you guys know, it was just like ammunition against, I already didn't have high self-esteem and that was just ammunition against myself. I didn't trust myself. I tried quitting all the time. I would like just, I was so bad. I'm sorry. I'm just like remembering it and I'm like getting anxiety talking about it because I felt so out of control in my life. It was such a not fun thing. And I'm sure if you guys have addiction, you know, this, um, I would like go to bed. The first thing I did in the morning was grab my vape. The last thing I did was grab a hit right before I'd fall asleep on the way out, drifting away. I'd like wake up really fast and like rip my vape again and like try to go to sleep with a buzz. I almost got fired from a job. Like just, oh God, it was never ending. Um, it was never ending. So anyways, <laughs> I tried quitting a whole bunch of ways. I tried the nicotine gum and lozenges, kind of like I mentioned. I tried throwing my vapes in water or out of car windows. I guess I wasn't very environmentally conscious back then. I tried willpower, like telling myself that I hated it and just like white knuckling it for four to five days. I love, this is my favorite. I did the all you can eat quitting method where I literally would just like gain 15 pounds in a couple days. <laughs> or No, it would be like a couple weeks. I'd gain 15 pounds and then at the end of it, just still be vaping. I tried not buying my own vape. That one was my friend's favorite, right? When I just I'm like, no, I'm quitting. And then I'd end up just hitting my brother's anyway. Uh, he called me a fiend. It's like, you're a fiend. You're quitting again, aren't you? <laughs> I, I stopped spending time with my friends and my brothers. Like I literally tried to just get out of the world of vaping and my, my social circle altogether. I tried chewing an obscene amount of normal, not nicotine gum, like an obscene amount where I'd have like five pieces in my mouth at once, white knuckling, trying not to hit anything. I tried lying to myself about wanting it. I tried resisting it. I tried learning about the psychology and addiction by getting a psych degree. So I actually decided that my life wasn't going how I wanted it to. And I was going to go into a psych degree because I'm like, this will help me figure it out. And then I also at the same time decided to work at the psychiatric hospital. So a lot of people know me from TikTok, my psych hospital videos during that phase of my life. I was trying to learn about other illnesses and um, stuff like that and help people through them. And I thought that I'd learn more about addiction in the psych hospital because it was somewhere that helped with substance abuse. But ironically, when I got to the psych hospital, they were very, very heavy on pushing nicotine gum. They weren't forcing people to take it, but anyone that was there, they offered nicotine gum too. They always like kind of use it. I saw the the staff use it as like a reward, which is like, you know, if you're going to a psych hospital and you're trying to get your life straight and you're going through crisis, I just don't think it's appropriate to be like rewarding people with addictive drugs. But hey, that's... um a whole nother conversation. But long story short, I didn't learn about nicotine addiction in my psych degree or at the psych hospital. All right. So in 2021, I was still vaping regularly. Remember at the time I was doing the nicotine lozenges in work and vaping outside at work. So I was probably my heaviest nicotine use in my entire life. And I kind of honestly just gave up. I'm like, you know, once I figure out my career stuff and I get settled on a career, then it'll be an appropriate time to vape. What I was really doing was putting it off, but I didn't feel that way at the time. I really had convinced myself that right now just wasn't the right time. And I would have to wait until I was less stressed. So I decided to make the decision to go into life coaching. So this was like a long process for me, by the way, because I had my own very bad stereotypes about life coaches. And that's actually why I wanted to get into the clinical world, because I wanted to get a formal um, master's degree in order to help people with their mental health. 
but I didn't want to do clinical. So it was actually a really tough decision for me to get into life coaching because I didn't take the field seriously, to be honest, but I knew like there was something about it that just resonated with me. I'm like, this is different than clinical psychology. I just have to get more of this. And I know that I want to start living a life of integrity with myself and I have to do things that my heart's calling for. So in 2021, I decided to go into a certification for life coaching and really jump all in. The certification costs over $20,000, which was a lot at the time for someone who was making $15 an hour. And right when I made it, I knew I I made the right choice. Like I had followed my heart and I listened to my gut and I, I just knew immediately I'd made the right choice, even though it was expensive and scary. So it was awesome. So I started learning how to process my emotions and questioning my beliefs. For anyone who doesn't know what life coaching is, it's pretty much, it's non-clinical, but it's still mental health related. Like what we're doing is helping you understand your emotions and get awareness over your thoughts and emotions and what you're doing with your life so that you can decide to do things that you want to do and actually follow through and stop doing things you don't want to do, like overeating, overdrinking, vaping, et cetera. So as I was learning these life coaching tools, um, one of the big things in life coaching is like you have to learn how to process your emotions and you have to be able to follow through on what you say and just deal with all the drama and emotions that come up. So I decided to throw my vape in a water bottle and kind of like a rash decision. Another like, oh my gosh, half, half-assed quitting attempt, you know, where I throw my vape in a water bottle, shake it up, watch the little light go out. And to be honest with it, I didn't really think it was going to happen. Like I didn't think I was going to quit this time. I was really truly thinking what a waste of 12 bucks I just spent on this vape after I just bought it. I just didn't have my own back after so many failed attempts. But this was really important to me this time. And after I threw my vape in the water, I kind of felt like the importance of this this time actually settle in because I was learning these tools in life coaching that I was going to have to actually make work. Like they have to work or I can't be in this field. And I just spent $21,000. So these damn things better work, right? And like, this is the career I've chosen. So if I can't get results myself, how the heck am I supposed to get anyone else results? So I know it's kind of dramatic sounding, but I really truly believe like if I couldn't even get my vaping under control, how the heck was I going to help anybody else with any other aspect of their life? It was kind of like a, this is going to have to work or I'm going to be a new career kind of a deal. So the life coaching tools were fantastic and they got me so far, but I was still kind of tempted by vaping and I didn't feel like I had quit permanently. This has been, it'd been about three to four weeks. So that's like really good for me, by the way, three weeks to a month is like fantastic. And at the time I was just kind of like looking around and I found this guy named Alan Carr. And I'm sure if you've quit vaping or quit Um, anything before Alan Carr pops up. He's very famous for helping people quit smoking. And recently he's gotten people into quit vaping. And um, I had heard of him before and I decided to read his book, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. And it was kind of like another little chunk that I got that just helped me seal the deal on my smoking forever. So he's been around since the 80s and he's helped like a lot of people quit with smoking and all sorts of things. And I read his book and it complemented my life coaching tools and it helped me kind of eliminate any more beliefs that smoking had any um, or vaping had any net positive effects. So like everything that I had been claiming nicotine did for me always came with the cost that outweighed the claim or the benefit. And this, this book kind of helped me articulate what I already knew. And the life coaching tools helped me with the emotional part. So like together with these things, it was just like a bombshell went off inside of me. So literally over the next month, I had become so certain in myself that I was never going to want to vape again, that like the desire was gone, which is crazy. Like the desire for vaping actually went away. And I wasn't like, listen, I wasn't like lying to myself or brainwashing myself or fighting against or using willpower. Like none of that. I had learned how to process my emotions without needing nicotine, which was a huge part of the battle. Thanks to life coaching. Um, And then I had learned how to identify. So I learned how to identify and actually run my thoughts through life coaching models, which helps you see how they're affecting you. And then I also got that kind of list of thoughts that Alan Carr had put together um, and the stories on how vaping actually doesn't benefit you. And together with all those things, I invented like kind of a hybrid of life coaching and Alan Carr's thing called the only two things framework. And with the only two things framework, if you're vaping ever, if you have a desire to vape still, or you're still trying to quit, there's only two reasons. 
it's either your thoughts or emotions. So I'm going to talk about a little bit of that. And then this whole podcast will be centered around that. And we'll go really in depth in both of those, um, those things. But to begin with, with emotions, the biggest thing with vaping is that we turn to vaping to kind of regulate our emotions for us, right? So we have an emotional experience in our body. We're most likely unaware of because our society does not teach us how to deal with emotions. That was entirely a life coaching thing. So that's one. And then two, is we have to be able to identify what thoughts there are that are still telling us that vaping is desirable and important. So once we can eliminate those and we learn how to process our emotions, it truly is easy to quit vaping. And I know what you're thinking most likely is you're like, wait, but then I have to lie to myself to quit vaping and I have to force myself to avoid or urges. And it's like, neither of those things are true. When it comes to emotion, what we teach in coaching is how to allow them without fighting them. That's the biggest battle when it comes to emotions and urges, right? And that's the one front. And then the other front is actually getting to the core truth on if nicotine is helping you or not. And when you actually learn to investigate your thoughts on nicotine, you find out that most likely you believe things that you were taught that are have nothing to do with reality. And once you see the truth of nicotine without like forcing you or telling you you're, you know, you're wrong or anything, like by you genuinely coming to that conclusion on your own, then you quit vaping permanently and easily. And it is that simple. Now I realized that there was still one thing missing in order to help people quit vaping permanently and easily is a community. So what I did was I invented that framework. I invented a course around it. It's still a work in progress. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It's always going to be adapting and it's always going to be improving. But as of right now, um, as far as I can tell, it's everything you need to quit vaping permanently and easily. And the community is there as well. So I created a community online called the Quit Vaping Community. It's on a software called Mighty Networks at the moment. And that pretty much is just like a, like a think of Facebook, but my own Facebook with my own community. And I also have the course on there and additional resources and just my own separate community. So you can get an app and join that community. And with that, I have the masterclass on there. I have a bunch of extra resources. And what I'm doing with this community is I'm building out um, steps for what you should do after you quit vaping as well, because what I want to do long term with my coaching and what I've coached on in the past, it's called meaningful income. So I help people figure out what they want to do with their lives and actually take actionable steps towards it. And I promise you that when you're no longer addicted to nicotine, it's much easier and you have a lot more desire to actually take action towards meaningful income. So it's a very good program. I'm so proud to be the leader of it. And you guys will be hearing a lot about it and it'll just be growing. As far as I'm concerned, it's going to be a huge community with people that are just improving their lives and getting off nicotine in a way that isn't dreadful. So as of recording this podcast today, I have been vape free for one year and 114 days. Never thought that was going to be possible. I've saved uh, $4,450. Holy crap. Um, and I no longer even have the desire or any of the addiction related stressors in my life that um, I did for the last decade. My lungs no longer hurt when I breathe, which is a real thing. Uh, my brother told me that's your diaphragm inflamed getting caught on a rib. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but that's what I've heard. No more wheezing, no more vaping thoughts or drama around it. No more feeling out of control, a lot less anxiety and stress, ironically, because that's a big reason why people claim to vape in the first place. A lot more freedom, a lot more living and enjoyment in my life. Ironically, too, because again, people think that enjoyment is why they vape, but I promise you my life is a lot more enjoyable without nicotine addiction. A lot more presence. Yeah, this is a big one. Um, a lot of my vaping life, I was trying to get to the next moment to get a hit of vaping. Like every, even like literally at funerals and at weddings and in school and in class and at work, I was just trying to get out of there so I could vape. So my life has become a lot more of being in the present moment and actually enjoying it. Um, I have a lot more desire. So we'll talk about that a lot. We will have episodes on that. But when you quit using something that you're addicted to, all the energy that went to the addiction frees up and you have a lot more energy to actually pursue things that are meaningful as opposed to a drug addiction. And then this is the biggest one. The biggest transformation I've had since I quit vaping was my self-confidence went through the roof. Like really, I trust myself now. 
I know that if I make a decision, I'm going to follow through with it. I know that if I go into a situation where there's people smoking, I don't have any desire and I'm not going to even be tempted. And I want to offer this too. As a life coach, it's my duty to let you know that you are always 100% worthy exactly how you are. Worthiness has nothing to do with self-confidence and worthiness is none of your business. When you're put on this earth, you were born 100% worthy and you can never do anything or say anything to subtract for that or add to it. You're just as you are completely worthy. So I want to offer too, um, even if you're vaping, it has nothing to do with worthiness ever. I don't ever want you to think that you are hundred percent perfect, exactly how you are, but we can always improve. Right. And with the improving things like self-confidence changes, not worthiness. So just an important distinction to make as a life coach. And this podcast is just going to be so good. Like I want everyone that gets on my community to quit vaping should they desire to, right? I'm never going to force anyone to quit vaping. I don't ever want to use scare tactics, any of that crap. What I want to do is teach you about the root of why you're vaping, get to your emotions, get to your thoughts, help you build awareness in your life, help you improve everything in your life, including the vaping and other areas. And I really want you guys to join my community and be a testimonial that would be on the podcast one day. So if you guys ever want to join, if you have a really good story, like let me know, join the community, tell me about it, the success you've had. And I would love to just have you on the podcast and talk to you. Um, I don't know how many people are going to join this community. My goal is thousands. Uh, so hopefully that'll be a thing. And hopefully I'll have so many people that have success stories that it'll be crazy and we'll have podcasts all the time. But also, you know, before all that happens and I want to keep adding value with the podcast, in addition to people's stories, um, I'm going to do all sorts of episodes on all sorts of different things. I'm going to do life coaching episodes on different topics and life coaching that'll help you with the vaping. Um, I'm going to do other people's stories. I'm going to do coaching. I'm going to have people on that are other experts in the field. I'm going to do belief system episodes where we focus on one belief system around vaping, like vaping helps with anxiety and we'll kind of tackle that. So this podcast is going to be so amazing. There's going to be so much value, like so much value in it. And I'm so excited. This is the third podcast I've created. The other one I'm still doing. The first one I have closed. So I've gotten kind of good at podcasting, I think. And I'm just going to be rolling these things out. They're going to be short. They're going to be bite-sized episodes just like this, probably about 20 minutes at the most. And they're just going to be amazing and filled with value. I really hope to see you around. I hope that I can help you quit vaping. I would love for you to join my community, get in my masterclass. And then I would love to help coach you through the next steps of what to do after you quit because that's kind of my thing. So very nice meeting you guys. Thank you so much for listening to my story. And I will see you around on episode two and in the community. Have a fantastic day. See you guys later. Hello and welcome to the podcast, my lovely new listener. As of recording this, it's been about a year since the episode you just listened to, episode number one. I decided after receiving hundreds upon hundreds of comments over the last year of people successfully quitting with this podcast that I would stop at 52 episodes. That means in the next 51 episodes, you will have everything you possibly need to quit vaping for good. Now, with that said, please keep in mind that I do have an amazing quit vaping for good program. That's a very reasonable price and it's just a rock star program that's going to teach you way more about how to apply this information in your life so that you make sure quitting lasts. And also I have a bonus manifestation and desire module attached to that. That's about an hour long. I'd like to ask you that if you get value from this podcast and you don't think you need to buy any of my paid resources, please consider donating on the donation link in the comment section of each of these episodes. I've committed an entire year of my life to making this podcast, and now I have hundreds of people who have reached out thanking me greatly for all of the help and the tools that they've learned inside. So please, if this changes your life, if this helps you quit vaping for good, please consider donating back to me in the amount that you think is appropriate for the value received. If you want to buy the program, it's a rock star program. It's going to completely change your life and give you so much more control over your thoughts in your head and the emotions in your body. You're also going to learn some bonus information about how to use this information once you're done quitting to create the life you want. 
The reason that I help people quit vaping as a life coach is because I see numbing your emotions with addiction as a way that's going to keep you stuck in a matrix you don't want to be living in. I want to help you escape the matrix by learning tools that are going to help you manage your thoughts and emotions. In this podcast, I promise you, we'll give you so much of those tools. The next 51 episodes is absolutely going to change your life and your relationship with nicotine. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you outside the matrix.